The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get, and we are healing the planet one person at a time, right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hey there, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I'm super happy that you're joining us today. We have a really special show. I want to introduce you to my friend, colleague, and fellow psychic, Lydia Dustin. Lydia's fantastic psychic. She has a really special gift that's really rare and beautiful and that is she can read the energy of of people places and things she's like a psychic energy reader and we're going to talk today about the ethics of ghost busting like ghosts are people too and lately you know i've been watching you know i love paranormal tv shows and i've been watching a ton of them and it it just really bothers me to see this these sort of paranormal investigators that come in with this idea of clearing that proving that there's a ghost or clearing you know they don't think so much about clearing they're just like yep you've got a ghost and then see you later bye so we wanted to talk today about the ethics of ghost busting and that ghosts are people too so welcome to the show lydia and thanks so much for being with us today thanks so much for having me this is one of those topics that i am super passionate about as well yeah so let's jump in there like what do we think about that you know i guess the concern for me is that a lot of people i feel like a lot of people learn to do paranormal investigation by by watching these TV shows. And maybe like we need to talk about that's for TV, like they're, it's for entertainment and it's not maybe the best place to learn ghost hunting skills. What do you think about that? Absolutely. If you think that um, of ghosts as what they actually are, which are, are people who have passed away and uh, you run into their house and start chasing them around and screaming at them and, flashing lights and all those devices. And I think it's really mean in a way, really. And then people think that's okay because that's their usual only experience with interacting with the ghost are seeing these like larger than life personalities screaming and running through these houses. Yeah. It it reminds me of like ghosts is sort of like animals in the zoo you know what I mean that are like we go and we like poke the cat like is it real make it move you know we're like um and and of course those ghost hunting shows are, are a lot about proving the proving that it's real that there is a presence there and I, I just noticed so many of them are like yep you got a ghost bye you know and <laughs> they don't do anything about it I'm like I'm like how is that helpful and I had this crazy situation in my town. I won't use an address, but a house in my town was on one of those shows where, um, actually during COVID. And guess who sold their house a couple of months ago? That family. 
And it's like, because why? Because if your house is haunted and they freak out the energy and freak out the ghost, it's going to be really hard to live there. I know. And a lot of the things that they do, like a lot of the techniques that they do, they bring in trigger objects, you know, which is an object that's designed to give, get kind of an emotional reaction out of a spirit. Um, or they do a practice called provocation, which is, you know, talking mean to the ghosts, like, we, we, we think you're a wimp, like, do something that's not so wimpy. What are you like a wimpy ghost? You know, like they, these spirits are the spirits of like ghosts are there because they have some sort of trauma. They're there because they're stuck because, you know, they don't, they're, they're like, they need help, right? They don't need to be like poked like a zoo animal. Or it's like, oh, there's little children in the house. Let's scream and terrify them. And, or say, oh, it's safe, little child, come play. And then like scare them with those devices. And they're always screaming. I feel like they're always running around the house in the dark screaming. And Yeah, uh, they are. A lot of them. <laughs> and I'm just like, if you were, you're already dead. Someone's, you're already confused. And now people are like bullying you in your house. It's like, it's really a horrible thing if you think about it or, um, or ghost tourism. Like, I know uh, ghost tourism is a giant thing, um, isn't it? It, um, I was I just, in this, just, I was just in Arizona. I was in this town called Jer- uh, Jerome in Arizona and it's, it's an old ghost mining town and it's supposedly one of the most haunted, um, town. They, they, they bill it as the most haunted town in America and the whole, it's a wee little town. The whole premise of the town is that it's haunted. So it's like ghost tours, haunted buildings, and haunted hotel, and this and that, and this and that. I mean, a lot of people died there. Like 30,000 people died there. There was like a mine collapse. There was a there was like flu, Spanish flu, like wiped out all these people. And I know there are people who buy that purpose buy haunted properties and then make money by running ghost tours right and you wonder what kind of karma is that because you're you're not you're really profiting off someone else's tragedy in a kind of sick way like a voyeur voyeur like ism like i just it does it feels really wrong it just feels really wrong and what do you think um, should be done? Like what, what, what should we do instead of that? I think first of all, people should really come to terms with the fact that if they believe in a ghost, they'll be educated that a ghost is actually a person who no longer has their body. So they need to treat them with the same human rights that they would treat a person and vice versa. Like you would not buy a house that already belongs to someone to like, and then almost put them, um, no, I want to say like an endangered servant to you in that house. Like you would never do that. So I think if people really come to terms with what a ghost is, then they can bring in people to help send the ghost back to heaven where it belongs. Like it's not a pet, it's someone's soul. And if you think of it that way, it's like really dark and kind of mean, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. And there, I mean, of course there are plenty of paranormal helpers and, and house clearing teams and psychics and feng shui experts that actually do the actual work of clearing, you know, like um, that work on clearing residual energy. And I want to talk about the difference between residual energy and, and ghosts in a minute, but 
that there are plenty that really do do the work, right? That, you know, right. do what it takes to create a solution and a resolution for the, for the family, you know, and for the spirit that's there. And I have actually had really dark thoughts where I'm like, oh, I should go down to the Lizzie Borden house and like clear it, you know, like, or go to the, the, um, the, um, the house in Rhode Island. I can't remember the name of the movie. Oh, the Conjuring House. Conjuring yeah. House and like clear it, you know, like save those ghosts. But then could I be sued because I hurt someone's livelihood if we clear their haunted attraction? <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is like, I think that a lot of times, um, there are a couple things that I notice. One of them is like the things that people do in ghost hunting, like EVPs, right? And taunted or triggering objects actually can attract spirits that weren't there before. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like if you if you want to bring a lot of spirits into your house, just do EVP sessions every night. <laughs> you know, like bring the Ouija Wait. board and do EVPs. Can <laughs> even if they weren't, if it wasn't haunted before, those things can draw like a lot of paranormal investigations in the same spot over and over again opens a portal and then spirits that weren't there i think my theory is that these places start out slightly haunted people come in and do a million paranormal investigations there and then they're really haunted because you know the things that people do to communicate with ghosts attract more spirits open portals right do we think that could be it's like a paranormal high school kegger, you know, it's like people know what's going to happen there. And then all the ghosts from all over come because they want to be on TV and they want to be on the party, you know, and it's so bad. Like people ask me about the conjuring house and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, that house was quite haunted. But now it's like, like it's like a rave for all these like haunted entities and ghosts, you know, and, uh. It's just crazy that people really don't know a lot about this stuff when they start doing it. And so they create this problem for themselves that they weren't expecting. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the difference between um, residual haunting and um, an actual spirits. Because a lot of times what people think is a haunting isn't really the spirit of a dead person that's stuck. Because this ghost is the spirit of a person that hasn't fully crossed over. And like when we pass away you know, our body dies and then we have to die what my psychic teacher called the second death. And the second death is when our, our astral body, our etheric body, it's called a few different things, leaves the earth dimension, travels through the astral plane and goes up. We sort of go out sideways and then we go up through the astral plane and go into the dimension. You called it heaven. I always called it soul world because it was sort of less... It's more ecumenical. Yeah, it's like the Disney <laughs> but, movie Soul. The Disney yeah. movie Soul gave a perfect example of what they go through. And, yes. uh, and some of them, like the men in the movie, they don't go. <laughs> they they don't, don't leave. Go. They, have, they have trauma. They have unresolved business. They have, it's a decision you can make. Um, it's a trauma attachment and, you know, seem to be like the two things that keep people here. So, you know, go. the other thing that I, I ran across the other day was this confusion people have about hauntings, you know. So somebody that I was talking to said she really wanted to have a much more connection, much stronger connection with her spirit guides. So she went on eBay and she bought a whole collection of haunted dolls. Oh my god! And and I had to like, and then she couldn't figure out why her house was so like massively haunted. And I had to sort of break it to her. I'm like, haunting, like guy. There's a huge difference between 
angels, guides, your beloved, like your beloved dead, the, your ancestor spirits. The, we don't want to use ghosts as spirit guides. They're not going to offer, they're, they're stuck, they're trapped, they need help. They're not here to help us. We're here to help them. And like a guide would never, you'd never find a, like a, a helpful spirit guide in a haunted object and i started to laugh and it's like the like let's find the most traumatized messed up hot mess person who's passed away and then you expect bringing them into your house to help you in any way well what if you move them alive into your house like a crazy dysfunctional unhappy person and oh that's just it's funny but it's not funny because people don't know they don't know yeah people don't know so we 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 had to you know we had to have sort of a difficult conversation about the difference between haunted objects and like you know how how giving giving her some other ways that she could connect with her spirit guides which is what she was trying to do all all along you know so there, there is this other um, possibility besides a spirit, like if people feel stuff going on in their house. Sometimes it's residual energy, right? Mm-hmm. And residual energy comes in a lot of forms. So it comes in as leftover emotions because people like, let's say you have a house where somebody lived a long time and at the end of their life, they were really ill or they were really depressed or, you know, bad things happened, you know they went through loss and pain and grief, just like we all do, really, then, mm-hmm. you know, then you buy that house as an estate sale. <laughs> and <laughs> and you can think that it's haunted, but you're feeling you walk into a room and you feel this intense grief, heaviness, nobody wants to be in that room, you know, and it, it's not actually the spirit of a person, it's just all that leftover psychic and emotional and energetic goo that the person left behind. And that's like residual energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's the good news about that is that it's so easy for them to clean it up. You know, so how, can, what are you, what's your way? What do you, how do you like to um, do that? My way is definitely you open up all, I would say lots of sunlight, lots of fresh, clean air, lots of try to get as much like fresh air moving through the house. And then it depends on how it feels. If it feels really dark, I will definitely hit it with some Palo Santo wood, um, some um, frankincense and myrrh. They really clear up that really dark, icky, gucky energy. And um, there's lots of things you can do to make the energy. Like I would say, if it's like just these little brightening, you can burn some sage, which will raise the vibration. But to really get that gunky stuff out, you have to burn something and burn a lot of it. That's another thing people don't realize. So if you have a really gunky room, you're going to want to burn your Palo Santo or your frankincense and myrrh until the um, alarm is going out, the smoke alarm. Like you want to really smoke it out. Mm. Yeah. And you can also do like some people use holy water, some people Ooh. use um, sound. So I have a friend that does sound, use it, she uses tuning forks and bells and things like that. Sound really breaks up, can break up all that stuck energy. And, you know, um, there, there are other things you can do besides smoke. But um, yeah. so I, I agree with sage. So people often, I think, confuse, like, the idea that sage is going to clear a spirit. I've never really seen that happen. Sage is really good at residual energy, but spirit, especially in negative spirits, like, (laughs) you know, they're like, (laughs) but they're not, they're not really going to We just annoy them. Yeah. I think the term saging to me means you burn things like you clear it, but not necessarily with sage. Right. And um, you use the pedal tones. And those are also very good for clearing because they don't have an odor. Like if you're really sensitive, you don't want your house to smell like a forest fire. You can use things like pedal tones or, you know, the sound healing's amazing. 
put like an ohm bell, you know, in the window and just it jingles in the wind. It'll just like clear it, you know? Yeah, right. So there are like, I use petal tones or flower essences, so they have no fragrance. And, you know, um, there there's some that are really powerful for clearing, but there's lots of things we can do. And if you actually mm -hmm. want to clear over an actual spirit, it takes more skill than saging. Usually we have to sort of communicate with them. We have to cut, I always say like, um, it's like therapy, but they don't keep your office hours and they don't, they don't pay your fee, but, <laughs> but you know, like ghosts, right? Clearing goes, but, um, but it's, a, it's an awful lot like therapy. How, what do you tell us how you do it? How do you clear? So that? I actually, if there was, I caught like a live ghost, which is kind of, you know, sounds odd, but meaning that there's like an actual live entity that you can interact with. So I always walk into the house as if I was walking to the house of a living client. And I'll just say, Hey, like I came to help you, you know, my name's Lydia. Nice to meet you. Um, and I kind of go in calmly and with respect. And I kind of asked him like, why are they there? Like, how can I help them? Like, so obviously something's wrong. Like, what can I do? And often they'll just start telling you like, oh, this happened to me. And then I wasn't, I was so young and blah, 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 blah. And they kind of just want someone to hear what they have to say. You know, the one of witnessing, I always called it the witnessing, like they can unload their trauma. They can tell us our story. And this usually takes someone psychically inclined, like, like you and I, you know, to, to hear the other side of the communication. How, how do you experience that? I, um, sometimes I'll see like movie clips in my head. Sometimes it depends on them. Sometimes I'll literally like talk to them, but it, uh, it's just this feeling. Like I also just have a huge, a ton of feelings. Like they'll just feel super, super sad. And then once you kind of witness what's up with them, they feel better. And they just feel like someone, they weren't wasted. Like this life wasn't wasted. Someone validated them. Someone appreciated them. Someone, sometimes they say, wow. That is horrible. I am so sorry that happened to you. The world is so much better now. Like, you know, like they often, one thing um, that you taught me actually is that they don't often know they're dead and you have to kind of be really careful before you break the news. And um, that usually is a big energy shift for them. Usually like they kind of, you hear them out and they say, oh my God, thank you so much. When they feel better, then I always get a newspaper um, to show them the date. I ask them what the date is. They'll say, oh, you're crazy. It's 1944. And it's usually that that's the day, you know, the year they died. Then I get them a newspaper because they, the phone doesn't make sense to them. They usually don't know what it is. And I'll show them the paper and I'll say, look at the date. You felt right. You've told them about this. Do you get that moment where they're kind of like, Oh, and all of a sudden everything makes sense to them. <laughs> and it's funny, but it's not funny, but it's like, all of a sudden they're just like, Oh, this makes sense now. Why this lady's living in my house? And like, why no one listens to me? And then that really changes them. But it has to happen, I think, after the witnessing, after they get kind of what they need to get off they their get chest. They get everything off their chest. Yeah. yeah. Great. Well, let's pause and take just a quick break and we will be right back. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. 
Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. All right, we are back with Lydia Dustin, uh, my fellow psychic and, and bestie, and we are talking about the ethics of ghost busting and that go, the fact that ghosts are people too, and that we have maybe some, we definitely have some kind of ethical responsibility to actually help the people that are experiencing haunting and also the spirits that are haunting them. And I did house clearings for years, like back in the 90s when nobody was doing it, there was no psychics on tv no paranormal tv shows no manual i didn't learn it all the hard way and i i did i i made every mistake you could make i i brought terrible things home with me i learned a few things like never do it alone you know always be prepared always like you know set yourself up you know have all your stuff with you like don't and don't go by yourself always have somebody you know watch your back for you and one of the things that i i i had to learn was i used to carry like sort of death rituals in different cultures because a lot of times i would get you know we're from new england there's a lot of catholics here and i it's those catholic catholics who die without the last rites you know Mm -hmm. and they're like if you thought you were going to hell forever if you didn't do it right then they like hold on with that you know and um like i grew up unitarian so i'm not i don't i didn't know those things but i used to carry all these prayers and different kind of religious like you know, the, the Muslim prayer and the Catholic prayer and the Protestant, you know, but it was the Catholics that would really stick because, you know, why would you go if you thought you were going to hell forever and ever and ever and ever? Right. You know? And some of them, they weren't even that bad. Like they might have been a marginally bad person and they're just terrified that they're going to go to hell forever. And yeah. it's, it's often hard to have them believe you that they will not um, do that. So sometimes it's the beliefs that people, you know, people have about the afterlife or, or about not the afterlife, but like what happens to them after they die that make them kind of cling on to life. Right. Because they really, because some people are, you know, they're not nice people and they have made maybe horrible choices, but Mm -hmm. talking to those people, oh my gosh, especially the ones that really like that have killed themselves and have, um, they just have so much guilt. They're like, I'm just, I'm going to hell. I'm a horrible person. And you have to just tell them like, no, like I say, I always like, I'm all about God and the light. And I just tell them the good news that God loves them no matter what they did. There's horrible people in heaven. And the second they shed their human existence. They're all good people. You know, we just have, we make bad decisions, but we're good people. So Ed, I've been wanting to ask you this question for a while. Why, why do you think that restaurants and movie theater and theaters, not movie theaters, but like theaters where play theaters are so often haunted. Why? And why restaurants? What do you think? Excellent question. I, uh, (laughs) if you think about it, I wonder if theaters, because a, maybe they're lonely and people are just sitting there quietly and maybe they can kind of snuggle up on someone or maybe they're bored and they're literally just wanting to watch the movie, you know? Cause what do you do all day if you're a ghost really, you know? And maybe they just, they're hungry and maybe they want to be around eating and the rituals of like eating are beautiful and friends and celebrations. And I don't, I don't know though. Me, 
think it's because they miss the food and the drinks and the wine and the. I know, I wondered if there's something about because it seems like theaters, not so much movie theaters, but the theaters that where plays happen are like so often haunted. And I wonder if there's something about being producing plays that creates a portal or that, you know, like, um, you know, like, wh- oh my gosh, like, or is there just like a lot of energy in the, the audience? Like, what is it? Yeah, I actually think I just got a download that really amazing actors will almost take on a persona and almost, right? like, almost, yeah, not that they're possessed, but they will literally connect to an energy. Yeah. I never thought of that before. And I think, yeah, that that, that yeah, there's like this kinship because there's a lot of perhaps paranormal stuff going on there. A little like the magic of make believe. Maybe there is a little bit of a portal going on. Right. I never thought of it that way, but that must make them feel at home because then they're not different. Bars like are like, you know, I think comfortable places for people or maybe you were like, you felt more at home in the bar than you did at home. And, you know, we know that um, sometimes people that are strongly addicted to a substance won't leave because they're actually so addicted that they stick around to stay near their yeah. Thing, you know oh my god bars um, oh some bars of them are, are so, so haunted right and they're dark and it's like ugh, there's no windows and it's awful mm. and also there have been there's some places where literally the materials of the bar or the restaurant are so old that they have can like the the, the the energy gets so stuck in them that i wonder if they create the portals or the energy that's comforting because like around here where you have places that have been in business for like 200 years like that and they don't air them out they never think to clear the restaurant or clear the theater and you know there's no there's yeah in theaters there's usually not windows you can open and they're like ugh, just any <laughs> i'm so all about open windows even in the winter open windows sunlight you know clearing out the energy all right, like, let's talk about one more thing, which is really right up your alley. And this is haunted objects. Because, um, you know, you, love, you used to work in an antique store and like one of your incredible gifts as a psychic is to psychometry to read, you know, the energy of objects that, you know, watches, rings, glasses, anything that people have had um, yes. worn for a long time. That's right. That's one of your most amazing gifts. But mm-hmm. as a psychic, I think. But tell us about haunted objects. How common are they? Can we bring one home accidentally from an antique store? <laughs> so that is the greatest question because so many people, they do not find the haunted object. The haunted object calls them. And they, um, if they have a haunted object in their house, they always say, you know, I didn't even need a desk. I just walked in the store and I just saw it and fell in love with it. And what that usually is, is that the object has the energy of the person and you just kind of, have this energy meld where maybe they were your type of person or they were the type of friend that you attract in this life or the type of boyfriend you attract this life and you kind of connect to the energy of that object even though you don't necessarily need it or even like what it looks like it just feel it feels like it's it feels good and um a lot of people do that they'll buy jewelry that just the thing about jewelry is like when you wear stuff on your body and if you have like a wedding ring, if you wear it every day for 40 years on your finger, your energy is so deep in that, that um, the person 
they're going to just feel you. If they're sensitive, they're going to feel you. And uh, with jewelry, it's really important if you get it used or if you get vintage jewelry or it's handed down through the family, you want to just put it in some holy water and maybe put a little Himalayan salt and just kind of swish it around just to, because it's still going to be grandma's ring, but you don't need all grandma's anguish and heartache, you know, on your finger all day long. Yeah. It's, it's cuckoo. Like if you get like a lot of times, if you do buy like a used diamond or something like all the, and there's been a breakup, like, or, or if they, or if people fight over the object, you will feel the conflict. I will feel the conflict. Like, I'm just like, I can't be around that dresser. Like I can't because like everyone was fighting over who it belonged to. And there's so much animosity about that object. It like gets in the object. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a, it's, it sounds kind of crazy because, you know, some of us do get really, we really feel things that other people don't feel. But if you think about it this way, a lot of places like restaurants and things will put, look at like shabby chic where they have all this used stuff from all these different people. And then if you're an empath, you might wonder why you hate that restaurant. You hate that store. It's because sometimes it just all those energies, they don't go together. And you'll right. just get overwhelmed immediately in those situations. Oh, such good, such good advice. So I guess the, um, we're almost out of time here, but I guess the sum of this is that really like, let, uh, let's go about this in a way that's respectful for the human, the spirits of the humans that are lingering and the humans, you know, that have to live in the house. Like we want to come up with a resolution where either the spirits and the living people coexist or the spirits move on, or there's some kind of like harmony and, and peace instead of just stirring the hornet's nest and then leaving. Right. Definitely. I have a deal with my friend that when I go to her house, the spirits stay in the basement. (laughs) Cause she won't clear them because they're her friends. And I'm like, that's cool. Like when I go there, then we leave each other alone. <laughs> so Lydia, if people want to find out more about you, how can they, where can they find out more about you? Um, I am on Instagram. I'm Lydia Dustin. I am at LydiaDustin.com and on Facebook as well as Lydia Dustin. And you can jump on any of those platforms, send me a DM and I would love to come check out your haunted house or your haunted objects and if you think your haunt if you think your house might be haunted or your objects might be haunted you're gonna feel them more around halloween because that's usually when people realize there's a problem but then it goes away activity kicks up then yeah Yeah, for sure it does yeah awesome and if you if you want to check out lydia for her one of her coolest psychic gifts which is being able to read people by looking at their picture She's amazing. Um, and maybe we can have you back on the show sometime and talk just about that. Sure. But thanks for being with us, Lydia. Always a pleasure, my lovey. I, any chance I get to hang out with you, I love it. And thank you for being here today. You, if you want to learn more about me, you can find me at lisacampion.com. We have a lot of resources on my website for psychics, empaths, a lot of uh, free classes and things like that. So I hope you can stop by and Check it out and leave me a message because I'd love to hear from you. So thanks for being with us today on the Miracle of Healing, where we are changing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM.
Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.